So, um, my name is Mike Mills, and this is Conrad Jackson. Hello. And um, today we are going to chat a little bit about uh, what I would consider a pertinent topic these days, simply because um, you know we're both in real estate. Uh, Conrad is a realtor. He's a land developer. He's a builder. He's uh, if there's anything in real estate, he's doing it. So, um, so what we're going to chat about today is uh, looking at if you're having a hard time you know, finding a house, getting under contract, you have some difficulties because, you know, we're going up against 15, 20 different offers, depending on where you're trying to buy and all that kind of stuff. Is there an alternative? Um, as a lender, I get asked all the time about um, uh, purchasing land and building a home. And uh, it's, I don't want to say it's a complicated topic, but it's certainly something that if you're not familiar with it, wading into it, just kind of uh, out of the blue or, or not having a whole lot of experience with it, isn't the best idea. Um, and Conrad's experienced that personally. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so that's why we're talking to him. But so we're going to talk today, um, specifically about, um, buying land and what to look for, what to identify, um, what kind of pitfalls are there, how to get it financed, all that kind of stuff. We're going to do a few more of these in the future related to, um, actually building homes and what goes into that. Cause Conrad buys land, Conrad builds on the land, Conrad develops the land, then Conrad sells the house. Yeah, man. So he's Dirt's got it. kind of my job these days, I guess. That's you right. You got it from soup way. to nuts, man, <laughs> all the way through. So, um, but uh, before we get there, and we are going to talk about this, uh, I do want to ask you, um, how, do you how do you feel about uh, uh, your boys, the, the, the Dallas Mavericks? Dallas uh, Mavericks, Season man. ended last night. Gosh, man. Season ended last night. Like I said, I was, su I was super proud. Yeah. I, I did not expect us to go as deep as we went. Yep. Um, I, I, you know, initially, I thought we were going to get swept. Right. So it was kind of like a gentleman sweep. I'm yeah. okay with that. You know, <laughs> yeah. Luca showed up. Uh, my Mavs far exceeded my expectations. We got some work to do in the offseason, get some free agents in. We definitely need a big man. We need, we yep. need Hardaway Jr. to get back healthy. Um, and we need another score. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we can keep Brunson cool, if we can't, we got to replace that offense with somebody else. But I, I, I'm thoroughly satisfied with how this season went, yeah. considering the roster that we had right. and the injuries that we sustained right. early. I, yeah. I couldn't have been more proud. And we lost to Golden State. Like, you know, nobody yeah, really I mean, hates Golden State, do they? Listen, top four teams in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. I hear yeah. people complain. Oh, the maps. I'm like, they made it to the Western Conference yeah. Finals, man. That's the yeah. top four teams. Like, relax. It's exactly. Okay. Yeah. You know, so ultimately, I didn't. I, I thought we did fantastic. And I was thoroughly I was thoroughly surprised that it went five games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Considering. Well, I was surprised it reached Phoenix, honestly. I didn't think that was going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody thought we were going down that series. I, I felt like we had enough to beat Phoenix. I did not think we had enough to beat Golden State. And I was thoroughly surprised at how tough they competed. Nobody. That series. Not many people do. Not many yeah. people do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Mass fans, we have a lot. We have a bright future. Yes. You got something <laughs> on the horizon. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Um, all right. Well, I wanted your two cents on that because we talk about that from time to time. So, yep. and I know basketball is a passion of yours. So, Absolutely. Um, I'm a basketball junkie. By but the, way, so. the other passion of yours is real estate. So, yes. um, so let's dive into that. Um, so I wanted to have you here um, simply because this is always a learning adventure for me because um, you and I have talked about this a lot. And I uh, really want to get into, you know, buying properties and building homes on them and selling them because for me, it's it's kind of a learning process, right? It, you know, you want to start small, find out a few pieces along the way, and you've helped me with that, just kind of understanding what to look for and and uh, what to keep my eye out for. So, um, so today we're going to talk specifically about just land itself. Okay. We're not going to talk about, you know, building houses. We'll get to that. Yeah. But um, 
because we could be here for hours and hours. Yeah. So we want to keep it <laughs> as narrow as we can and just talk about okay. what it takes to actually find a piece of land, okay. um, what to look for, what to make sure you watch out for, yeah. how to get it financed, um, you know, kind of all the nuts and bolts when it comes to identifying properties. Okay. 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 Now, um, just to give a little background for yourself, tell everybody a little bit about, you know, kind of what you've done in the past, where you started and why why you were the expert on this or one of the experts on this topic okay yeah so uh, like like many things like you most people will get into some new venture because they're trying to solve a problem right well myself included it right. was the same for me you know the whole reason why i got into looking for land and and purchasing to and becoming a home builder was because you know i was tired of forming relationships with other builders to sell their properties and and it not going anywhere right you know so so that's what that's that's what got me into it i started a home building company um and understanding if you have a home building company you need to build homes and you have right. to have land to build homes so yeah. naturally you started looking for land so um you know that is where the need kind of surfaced um, we started in, uh, formed a company in 2016, Okay, uh, home building company. So, and so that's where my, you know, I've been a realtor for now. I think this is year 17 as of June 1st. Long Man, time. That's a long time. Yeah. Well, especially people say <laughs> you've been doing this for 17 years, Conrad. You look so young and you that's are, but crazy. you just started when you were like 18. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Just, just right after, I think technically I may have been 19. Uh, yeah. I think I started June 1st of 2000 and five yeah i want to say yeah, yeah. so eh, 17 years that's not bad I'm close oh yeah know. math is not my strong suit but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't add it up i don't know but yeah so so yeah that's where that's where it started that's where the need started um so for me i've been selling homes you know with builders for many many years and then we when you become one, you start to get more in depth on what you need, what to look for, what are the problems that are arising right. when you do find those particular uh, parcels of land. And so it's a different experience. These yeah. days, everybody's trying to figure out what to do, right? And find find a way to transition outside of where all the competition is. Right. And land is one place that you can do that. Yes. Um, and I think that's the thing a lot of people miss when they're buying is because I, as a lender, I have people call, and I said this earlier, but people call me all the time. And their first thing is, is like, you know, we want to buy land and we yep. want to build a house. Yep. And um, I'm a, I'm a, you know, mortgage banker and, you know, land, as you know, uh, typically is done through private banks. When yes. you do those purchases, you can't do them through your larger mortgage lenders. Right. Um, we don't typically do those, but, uh, but the process of doing it is is complicated and, and you know in a lot of ways it involves a lot of cash sometimes you yes. need to have depending on what's what you're looking to do yeah. um and there's just a lot of pitfalls along the way that if you don't know and it's it's always funny because you know i don't mean to pick on them but it's always the young young ones that call me they're like 25 <laughs> and they're like we're gonna build our dream home I'm like yeah it's <laughs> slow down slow down slow your roll over right let's get the first house that's already yeah. there let's yeah. learn how to like fix the dishwasher yeah. and then we'll get into yeah. like you know laying slabs. i get a lot of the same too when they call they're like hey we heard you're a home builder we want to build our house on our great property and it's like do you have the land no, no. <laughs> do you know what the property is gonna look like no it's like <laughs> okay all right we got a lot of problems to solve right out of the gate so, um, so I know, you know, we, we talked before uh, sure. a long time ago about, you know, your whole history of, of doing real estate. Now, yeah. the very first time you did an investment property of any kind, you bought a little rinky dink, uh, like purple house. Yep. <laughs> it was many colors. It was not just purple. It right. was many colors. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you fixed it up, went through all the trial and error on that. Yep. Um, I think you even told me, I mean, 
well, because you paid so little for it yeah. and you sold it right. You you did make a good little chunk oh, of change yeah, we on a, it. We made a boatload of cash on it. Yeah, which yeah. is unusual because <laughs> usually when you do your first flip, you know, the the, the profit margin is a little thin because you got to pay for all your mistakes, yep. right? You screw up stuff, you yep. got to pay for it. Yep. So, but when was your first, wh what was the first land purchase that you did when you actually bought a piece of property that you're yep. like, I'm going to put something on this? Yeah, yeah. So when, after we formed our company, um, one of the main reasons why we formed our company is because we, we, um, dealt with a, a seller in a little small town where I do some business called Alvarado, Texas. Uh -huh. Um, and the seller was looking to get rid of some properties. Um, and we had kind of mentioned in passing with one of the people that he knew that we were starting a home building company, we're looking to buy some land and yeah. some lots. And so where that started was that guy reached out to us and said, Hey, I'm selling these 10 lots. Yeah. Um, as a package deal, if you, if you'd like, um, why don't you buy them from me? You pay me cash. I'll give you a great deal on them. This was um, 2016. Okay. Um, and so that was my first opportunity to actually buy just a lot. Gotcha. Um, and we bought 10 at a time. We think we paid $60,000 cash for them. Okay. Yeah. For so, all 10 or total? 10 lots. Okay. Nice. So, uh, that's for all 10. And total. this was in Alvarado? This was in Alvarado. Wow. 2016. It's pretty good. Yeah. Now one lot will cost you forty thousand. Right, <laughs> say man, it's gone up quite a bit since then. So, but that was our introduction into into purchasing land. So, so yeah, that was that was where we started. Um, we took those lots and found out quickly that some of them were not buildable. Right. Um, some of them were not where we thought that they were. Um, you know, just uh, hence the mistakes you got to yeah, pay for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of learning experiences. You know, and that's. That is where ultimately we started the education and figuring out, okay, we got to check certain things before we go forward. Right. Um, but that's where we started. So, okay. So then you buy your first piece of land mm -hmm. and you're now going, okay, now I got to figure out how I got to build on this. So yeah. now, now fast forward, uh, you know, was that, we're doing math again, it was six years, <laughs> six years, 2022. So now today, uh, Conrad's had six years of experience of going, yes. do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And, right. and again, you and I have talked about this, but. So now when you're identifying land, what are some, you know, initial points that are what you would call like maybe non-starters? Like they have to have this, they have to have this or sure. else I'm out. Sure, sure, sure. So um, one of the big things that people run into a lot where what I've been running into a lot is when people sell lots, they just think that any lot is buildable. Right. And it's just not the case. Right. right? Um, or maybe, but it'll cost you a ton yeah, of money. It may to cost you some uh, money. It may also cost you some administrative help from the city or the county, whatever right. jurisdiction you're in. Right. Most cities or counties, uh, you know, mainly when you're inside city limits, they want the um, lot size minimum to be about at least a minimum of 6,000 square feet. Okay. 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 Um, so, so, so the municipality wants the lot to be 6,000 feet for most of, or 6,000 square feet for most counties yeah, and cities. Most, most cities. Cause you, they don't want you building like a little cracker box. Exactly. On okay, exactly. You. Typically they have setback requirements, meaning you can only build up to a certain amount of feet to the property line. Gotcha. Right. And so in order to achieve what they want as a minimum square foot home requirements and, um, elevations and things that you have to do to meet their requirements, you have to have a certain lot size. Okay. And so that right off the bat is number one. How gotcha. big is the lot? Right. Because if you've got a 3,000 square foot lot, it's going to be really hard to build a three-bed, you know, three two-bath that's right. 1,500, 1,600 yeah. square feet. Yes, yeah. just... you can build a shop. That's about it. <laughs> you can get a Nobody can live in. Home Depot. Right. And add on to it right. one room. You plop it in there. Yeah. <laughs> Which these days with the prices of homes, maybe yeah, that's the way you... You still could probably sell for 200,000 <laughs> if you did that. So, <laughs> but yeah, that was that's one of the first things right off the bat is, okay, we're... So number one, when people send me a lot, 
they'll you know send me the address or if it doesn't have an address they'll send me the coordinates and i'll be able to look up that lot look up the size of the lot and then also look at where it lies on the street okay. right because there are a lot of um off-market deals that pop up that i get every probably two or three times a week where they'll be like hey this lot it's ten thousand square feet and it's only six thousand yeah. dollars the second thing we're looking for is is it on, is it on a road <laughs> or is it landlocked? Right. A lot of these. Can you get to a street? Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's one thing that people miss. They're like, oh man, I've got this great deal. It's a fantastic lot. And then you look at it and it's like, there's no road to get to it. Or maybe it's landlocked. It's yeah. in between two or three other lots and you have to have an easement yeah. to get to it, which causes a whole nother set of problems. Um, uh, number three is typically, is it in a floodplain? Right. Uh when they say floodplain, is it in a piece of area that has known to have either flooded in the past or has a great chance to flood in the future? Right. Right. For that, if you do buy and build on something like that, typically it's a lot more engineering work that you have to do, okay. which means there's more money that you have to pay. Right. And then whoever lives in that property has to pay additional funds for insurance. Right. Um, to make sure that since this is in an area that tends to flood or could potentially flood, um, they have extra coverage on that property. Right. And depending on how deep it is in the floodplain, it's how much insurance. It may not be a lot or it could be a heck yeah. of a lot, depending yeah. on where it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then you mentioned something a minute ago about um, your wholesale deals and stuff. And you and I talked about this again, mm -hmm. too, where I was you know, kind of naive to where this stuff comes from. But um, so tell us how you actually find land, you know, sure. because I know you have wholesalers that'll call you, you have different sites that you, right. that you subscribe to, but you know, I think that's, that's a little confusing, especially because most people are used to going on Zillow yeah. or going on whatever and looking for stuff. But the reality Don't is, go is on Zillow, right. <laughs> for anything, right. <laughs> most of the, most of the properties that like you're buying yeah. are never going to show up on there. So it just or, depends, man. It's a can, range. I, right. I can tell you that I've bought, I've bought properties off of MLS. Uh-huh. Um, I have a property right now that I'm building on that I bought it from MLS, right? Um, I've got properties that we do get off market. Um, the best properties I think come from word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, you know, even if you're looking for homes, they have word of mouth is the best source. Um, I, I look often at the county's tax sale information right. to see if somebody didn't pay their taxes. Yeah, they didn't sale. pay their. I've bought multiple properties, uh, multiple lots like that. Really? You know, we have two. 60 by i think 125 uh actually they're a little bit bigger those were like 75 by 125 size lots that we bought on the county you know courthouse steps and they i think it cost me a grand total i think we bought two and it cost me a grand total twelve hundred dollars oh wow um so there are deals there um a lot of times what i'll tell people if they're looking for individual lots to build like a home on inside city limits i'll say you know if you go on most counties websites yeah and you look inside city limits, typically those maps that you're looking at on the county's websites are interactive maps, meaning you can um, choose different options to see like the parcel sizes of every lot on in that town or in that city, right? And so what you're looking for is a cluster of homes and then these empty lots in between that them. sit there. Yeah, because uh -huh. when you click on that, then a lot of times it'll pop up that county report with that owner's information. Most of the time, of course, they do not live anywhere close and right. you can send them a letter and say, Hey, I saw like, this lot. I found this lot. I'd like to buy it. You know, and so you, you get reach a lot out of to people somewhere. directly. Absolutely. So you'll, you'll find a lot that's, Absolutely. that somebody needs to build on because there's houses going around it. Cause then, you Absolutely. know, 
the infrastructure's there, That's right. the water, the the sewage, right. the electric, everything else. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> 90% of the not time. Not all the time. Not all the time. But, <laughs> but you see that stuff that they have it, right. and then therefore you know the cost of building on that lot is going to be much cheaper because all the infrastructure is already there. Right, or right, right. You're assuming that the in- infrastructure is there. And a lot of times the platting is what's almost most important because it's already pre-platted. Right. Meaning you don't have to come in and change the boundary lines with the city okay. because it's already set. You just have to purchase the lot. Hopefully the utilities and stuff are still intact. There's enough water pressure for you to get your water and you can just focus on building. Right. Yeah. But that's a that's a great source. That's on pretty much every county has it. And most people don't think about that when they're looking inside the city limits or in the county for particular lots. It's like they're there. They show the interactive map. They show the plats, the layouts, the street names, you know, the floodways, everything. And you just have to go and look at uh, look for it. You know, it's funny. And you said this to me one time, too, that um, you realized after getting into this a yeah. little bit that it's like a lot of things. It's a yeah. it's kind of a game, right? Because because. <laughs> If you know how to play the game right. and you know where what the rules are and That's you right. know kind of how to access certain information, That's right. then it's really not that tough, Mm-mm. right? But there's almost like a there's like a little bubble around. Nobody wants to kind of yeah. give the secret sauce away because it, you know, then you get competition, you got more people competing for land. Ultimately, and I tell I also say this to a lot of people, you know, when I talk about any type of education we're doing in real estate, I right. give out this information all the time. Right. 99% of people aren't going to do anything with it. No. No. <laughs> nope. The 1% that do act on it won't be my competition. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's one thing to to say; it's a whole other thing to do. That's right. uh, that's just that's that's all things in life. So, right. Um, so you also, I think you said you use some wholesalers too. Yeah. And yeah. just for the really novice people, because that's kind of who I'm aiming this at. Like, explain to people what a wholesaler is. Absolutely. So, a wholesaler is someone who is going to basically find a deal. They'll find a piece of property, mm-hmm. with and they'll contract that property with the owner of that property. Right. And then they'll turn around and they'll have a list of maybe investors or potential buyers and they'll take that contract, raise the price of that property and offer a different contract or assign that contract to the next buyer Mm -hmm. or one of their investors at a higher price. Right. So they will take the difference of those two contracts, the original one and then the second one that they've increased the price on. And the difference is their fee. Right. It's a wholesale fee. Right. They're like it's, the middleman. They're absolutely the middleman. They're yeah. literally in the middle. And all they're doing is taking a fee for connecting one person to another and a sale takes place. And that's a whole it's funny how that's a it sounds, I should say it's not, but it sounds like a very simple thing. But there's yeah. an entire cottage industry. Oh, yeah. that's just built around that. Oh, yeah. But that's people. I mean, those guys are going out knocking on doors. They are looking through like, you know, death records they're and all kinds all of stuff. All sorts of public records yeah. and anything that they can get their hands on. They're talking to neighbors. They're talking to church members. Yeah. They are literally going door to door to find these pieces of land or mining for gold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And for that, they get a fee. Of course. And as they should. Right. But it saves you time from having Absolutely. to go out and do the same thing. And you're going to pay a premium for it, but that's that's it's how the all cost things. cost of doing business. That's right. You, you can't know? do everything, right? <laughs> exactly. You got 24 hours. You can't do all the things. Uh, somebody's got to handle a piece of it. Exactly. So I will often utilize them um, to find a, a good source of deals. I'll tell you one other great spot that most people don't look for um, for properties and for land is Facebook Marketplace. Really? Yeah. 
Okay. I found a bunch of land on, on Facebook. On the socials? They got, on the they got land? social media sites, they have literally land deals where people, a lot of the- You're not own, talking about the metaverse, right? I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what, what what's what anymore. Right. I feel like I could be. Right. You know, I'm, I'm saying Facebook. I don't know what it's called these right. days. Right. But ultimately, in Facebook Marketplace, there's a lot of owners who don't want to go through brokers who will post their land. They will also post opportunities to owner finance land um, through Facebook Marketplace. And you can search by city, zip code area region whatever and people think you just use it for social but i, I look i look for deals there yeah. and i find deals there yeah it's a great place to to you know see what's out there especially if you if you're just getting into it right and you don't have a lot of funds available that's a great source to try to find some owner finance land deals oh so yeah you you had told me that too where um you know we'll get into the financing part a little bit later yeah. but but owner financing is something that occurs i'm going to say all the time but it's all uh, it's, it's pretty, not it's pretty common right it's not unusual yeah to the everyday buyer you don't think too much about it but to those people who operate in a different space yeah uh, it's pretty common a would lot you of say would you say it's a regular thing i would think and this is just my my brain but um, I would think that would be a beneficial thing for someone who say is a little older um, in age because that's Absolutely. a source of income for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Instead of just one lump deal, they can say, well, just pay me this much every month Absolutely. for a period of time. Yeah, we find that a lot. We find that oft a lot in also commercial deals too okay. um, where the numbers are bigger. And so what the um, what the owners are trying to do is not have a huge tax penalty for selling off this property and getting a lump right, sum. Right. And okay. so as opposed to doing that, they'll space out their profits over a certain amount of years. Right. And they don't necessarily need the income, but they're getting that income over a specified period of time to avoid the hefty tax penalties. Would that, I wonder if that would apply. This is a question you and I were talking about earlier um, to someone who say has owns land, like it's older and retired yep. or, or going through whatever. And they're, Maybe have to go to, uh, you know, because this happens a lot into life yeah. stuff. You're going into a home. Yep. Uh, Medicare, Medicaid is having to pay for that. Absolutely. But if they, if you go sell some land or get a bunch of income, now you have the income. You don't qualify. For you don't the, qualify. The Medicaid, right? That you're or what Medicare? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Medicaid. It's Medicaid. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that this can is interrupt not medical your medical advice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that can interrupt, you know, your ability to qualify for programs like that, where you can right. get in-home care or assisted living. But an whatever. owner finance deal, maybe not, right? Owner finance less... deal is off the book. Right, right, right. So you okay. don't. I, I'm, not, uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not advocating. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I've heard. Hypothetically, it may not be not a registered recorded. tax advisor. Or right, anything right, like right, that. right, right. But, but yeah, I can. I, I have heard of people doing things right. of that nature to right. where it doesn't show on their personal income, so that way no. they can still qualify for things. Now, um, another thing that is. Um, I think unique or not, not unique, but I think is a good place to start. And I didn't think about this again until we talked was that um, when you started buying land, you're not looking for land in Mansfield. Right. You're not looking for land in even maybe Fort Worth or Dallas necessarily. Right. right. Um, you're trying to buy land in uh, Itasca and uh, you know, these towns th that are off kind yep. of the beaten path a little bit. Yep. Um, now tell people why that was, especially in the beginning, why that was something that you did. Initially, I bought it because it was cheap. 
Right. You know, it was affordable. You know, I bought a lot where we're building on right now. I'm building a, a small multifamily unit and the lot cost me $4,000. Right. You know, so ultimately it was as a, a need to get into the space without having to put uh, everything, put a lot it. of capital into it. Right. Um, nowadays, the focus is still a little bit that, but it's also shifting into where are the emerging markets? Like where, where are builders trending to? What areas are they going to go to? And so what I'm trying to do is stay two towns ahead. If I see someone going out West, you know, let's just say they're in, you know, I don't know, Granberry, uh -huh. you know, I might look two towns further than that because I know that once Granberry is overloaded, it's going to push that way. builders, everything pushes out a little bit right. further. Yeah. People want space these days and with remote you know, working, that's possible. Yeah. You know, you can live out there and still have a job. So, yeah. so that's now it's like the, the game is kind of shifted a little bit to going as to where the future will be yeah. and trying to get an early start. Right. When I bought in Alvarado, I was two towns ahead. Right. And so not realizing it at the time. Yeah. So now I am trying to stay two towns ahead. Right. You figured that out just after hindsight being 2020. Yes. You're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. This actually worked out well for us because yeah. we were just happened to be ahead of the curve a little bit. Yeah. Not on purpose. Hey, look, listen, getting lucky sometimes. Sometimes is, that's what you need to get your jolt. And, and yeah, ultimately, right. you know, for me, figuring it out wasn't like, hey, this is like, you know, a, a philosophy thought or something that came to me. It was like, Hey, this is brilliant. No, it's like, I tried to buy another lot there and it was way more expensive. Right. You're so like, I needed happened? to go further. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then we started the educational, okay. Thought process of maybe I should think a little bit more in depth on this. <laughs> now you get, um, another one of the challenges that you deal with, uh, when picking what dealing with land. And I think is another reason why you choose to pick some of the smaller towns, affordability being one, obviously, because it's cheaper, um, less demand, whatever. But, also, too, uh, the county and the city is way easier to deal with. Absolutely. Right? Well, it just depends. Or, it depends uh, yeah. For the most part, yes. Yeah. So there's, right. there's a lot less restrictions that you may have. You'll still have be building to the build code if you decide to yeah. build on that property. But uh, you're also trying to, in my case, when I was building, I was trying to build a product at a lower price point. Mm -hmm. And so if the dirt is cheaper, I can build the home for cheaper, right. essentially, right? Which lowers my risk to be able to sell it on the back end. Right. And so dealing with those jurisdictions that have smaller water tap fees or smaller sewer tap fees where I have to connect to utilities when I'm trying to build the house or they have less restrictions on how the house sits or setback requirements or things of that nature, it makes it easier to build the house cheaper. Right. Um, and so, yes, that that definitely pl plays a part. And then when you're when you have to deal with a like a Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. um, although a lot of their stuff these days is automated, it has to go through eight different departments. Right, which takes time. Which takes a lot of time. Right. And then they probably have, you know, 30, 40 people in front of you trying to get the same permits. Right. Um, when you deal with these smaller jurisdictions, usually the guy who is um, over economic development is also the guy who's over planning and zoning and also the guy who's over permitting yeah, processing. Yeah. And so it's like one guy that you're talking with. So he yeah. can administratively sign off on most of your stuff, or it may take one vote as opposed to going through eight committee approvals before you get what you need. Right. Um, so, yeah. And you, you found, a, um, I think you found a little bit of a uh, loop loopholes, the wrong word. You, you found a shortcut in that if you buy land, or multiple properties of pieces of land in the same municipality, yeah. it gets easier and easier because now they know you exactly. and now they know who you are. And now when you show up and say, Hey, I need this, it right. goes a little easier. 
yeah, I mean, you're trying to build a product that people are proud of. You're not just trying to build something cheap. You try right. want to build something that will last over time and that will provide good quality housing. And so if you do that and you come into these small towns and jurisdictions the right way with the right attitude, right. not as a know-it-all, yes. then a lot of times they will open the doors and welcome you with open arms because like everybody else, they need housing. Yeah. But if you go in as a know-it-all, this is how we do it over here and this is why you're wrong, a lot of times they'll shut you down before you ever get rolling yeah so it's a little bit of politics in that as well but ultimately if you come in with an open mind and are optimistic you can do very well in some of these smaller towns well it's funny um you know we talk about it all the time just uh, uh and i think I, I think all this has started shifting and you know being gen x and whatnot they were we're not into getting dressed up but um <laughs> but we've talked about many times about how you know you you the guys oh, yeah. are showing in the white shirts oh, and, yeah. and the slacks and they've got their briefcase <laughs> and they're ready to they they see those guys coming in and they're like oh great they're yeah, like here yeah comes this we're, guy. Gonna, we're gonna show them how we do it over here yeah yeah <laughs> and then you get a lot of good old boys telling them this guy's gonna be so yeah I don't exactly know what think. oh yeah and then conrad rolls up in his ball cap and his boots with yep. his t-shirt with cm construction on it yep. and just like hey what can i do to you know make Absolutely. this easy for you guys i'm like oh, i like this guy yeah they're like come on son let, let yeah. me show you how we do it here yeah. this, let me help you out along the way yes. you know and it, it it you start to form a relationship which everything these days seems to be relationship based. It all is. and then you can turn around and turn that piece of land or that property into something great for someone or for yourself yeah so on the actual lots themselves, mm -hmm. so you talked about it has the setbacks that you got to be aware of. Correct. You got to have 6,000 square feet at a minimum, typically. Usually um, that's about the yeah, on average, yeah. whatever. Um, you got to have the access to the utilities um, or, you know, is it, it what's the expense like typically? And I know it's, it's going to vary, sure. but what's, you know, if you if you have a, a lot that doesn't have, you know, the the water and the gas and electric and whatever, yeah. what is the typical cost in on an average size lot to get that run in there? Yeah. So uh, just kind of put this out there as a precursor to this. Um, to, if you are buying a property, a piece of land and utilities are not at the property or easily accessible at the property, you as the builder or developer, you're classified as developer if you're mm -hmm. the owner trying to build on that property, um, are at the, you are responsible for bringing utilities to that, right. even if you are inside city limits. Right. You still your job. It's still it. your job to, when they say bring it, that means pay for it. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's not cheap. It does depend on how far you're bringing it, what kind of line you're bringing it in. Is right. it a six inch line, a three and a half? Usually most people these days want a six inch water line. Yeah. Um, so you have enough water pressure. Um, but give you an example. I had to bring one in a small town here recently. And I believe we were going uh, a grand total of about uh, 127 yards. Mm -hmm. And the, t the cost for that was $18,000 to bring a water line and sewer line from the fire hydrant at the corner down about two blocks straight line and do you typically so like in your in your history i'm sure you bought a lot, a lot and you're like all right great i have this place and then someone <laughs> says uh you're gonna have to bring water and you're like yeah. oh okay well how much is that it's like so, uh, it's so let's talk years. about how that situation occurred yeah. right just a real quick brief example typically when you're buying a lot and you are trying to build on it you'll submit that lot survey and you'll submit plans those plans go under review to planning and right. zoning, economic development. When they review them, they'll vote on vote on them at city council to say yes, we will allow you to build this here. Right. Before they vote, typically that vote takes place because the different departments that need to look at it have looked at it, reviewed it, and said yes, what you're trying to do is available. Right. right? 
in this instance, Public Works never saw my plans ah. before my plans were approved. Okay. So we were, as a developer, operating under the assumption that, that you were okay. We were good. Right. Water was there. There are houses on all sides of me that have water. And so this was not the case. No. So you, that's another thing when we talk about our learning, lessons. checking to yeah. see what's available on, at or close by the lot to make sure that what you're trying to do is available. Which again goes back to the point of, you know, if this is something you want to get started in, it's best to start small. Absolutely. Because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to miss stuff. There's going to be things that you're not going to know about. And every mistake costs money. Absolutely. Every time you get something wrong, every time you miss a, you know, uh, uh, you know, an easement or whatever, you miss something, yeah. you're going to pay for it. Exactly. And there's no oop take backs or anything like that. No. You know, ultimately, like anything, any type of investing is risky. Right. But it's just understanding that this is just a different type of investment vehicle. Right. Um, if flipping has its own risk, rentals have their own risk. Wholesaling has risk. Right. You know, your life could be in danger for going on unknown properties right. at any given time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Because there's a point you can get shot. Show up on, exactly. Show up on grandpa's land. Exactly. Put a 12 gauge. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's just what happens these days. So, so ultimately, you know, this is just a different type of risk. And you have to be able to account for that and know that, okay, I'm going to make some mistakes. Let's just hope that those, that I've done my due diligence enough to accomplish my goal. And if I do make mistakes, it doesn't, it doesn't completely destroy the project. Right. So the, the land itself, um, once you've identified it and um, you, you know, we talked about getting all the utilities and everything to it. There's a whole another cottage industry that exists that I found out about recently that mm -hmm. there are guys that buy the land, mm -hmm. they find it from a wholesaler or whatever. They, they put the infrastructure in place Correct. and then they sell it. Absolutely. And they don't build a house on it. They don't build anything. They have somebody else do that. That's right. Right. Stay That's right. focus on what you're good at and do that. If yes. if you're looking at it, this is some of this, you know, perspective we're talking about from investing side of things, but we're also talking about, hey, I just want to build my own house. Yeah. But um there's so many phases to it because you got to find the land, which is a challenge. Absolutely. Then you got to make sure the land is buildable or building you can build on it, which is a challenge. Absolutely. And then you got to build a house, which exactly. is a challenge. So um so what are those guys doing whenever they're going in and, okay, I bought this piece of property. I'm actually going to get it all. Sometimes it involves rezoning. Sometimes it involves, you know, like you said, just getting the utilities run there. Absolutely. And then turning around and selling that property for a premium because now the builder doesn't have to do anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. So those guys, there's no, I'm not, I'm not going to get into like, Hey, the formula of how much these guys sure. make, right. but let's just say it's substantial. Most of these guys are probably making double of what the lot costs. Right. Um, so all that stuff's a pain in the butt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's forms that you have to fill out for the rezoning. There's forms you have to fill out if it's outside city limits and you're trying to bring it inside city limits. There's forms that you have to fill out as a developer to say, Hey, I'm going to submit these plans to the city. Yeah. Every time you fill out a form and you, you send it to the city or the county, it costs a fee. It's yeah. an application. So right. it costs another fee. So meanwhile, they're shelling out cash for plans and corrections of plans and replatting of plans. And then build plans, construction plans, infrastructure, anybody who wants to put a road in, the road has to have a certain amount of right away and requirements of concrete versus asphalt. So there's a, a, there are companies that literally will take all of the infrastructure, general contract it, put it in, get the lots developable, mm -hmm. and then they will sell them off to builders. Most of the neighborhoods that people live in, in the, the you know, metropolitan areas right. are, are, you know, were built on, because of someone coming in and doing that and selling them to the builders that right. you bought them from. The builder didn't do it. They, somebody else. Did. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. These are the developers. These are the guys who are taking all of the risk. You have to have really big bucks to be able to do this and do it 
um, long term. Right. And for that, they make a premium. Right. You know, we're talking about they're probably making the millions of dollars every time that they sell off these parcels. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's a whole nother business. And a lot of people don't even know it exists, yeah. but it does. That's yeah. how you're able to buy these homes from these builders is right. because they had to buy them from somebody. Somebody else had to do it. That's right. What uh, do you think that um, so if an individual is trying to find a piece of property that they're going to build on themselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess it would be, <clears throat> you know, finding the land is one thing yes. and then getting those other parts, you know, built onto it because you've got to get the money from somewhere. Sure. Right. Sure. So when it comes to the financing part of it, you know, now, granted, you told me you bought a lot, twelve hundred bucks, five thousand sure. dollars. You sure. know, it's always you would say it's always beneficial if you can pay cash absolutely because it gives you more leverage yes. for lending absolutely. if your house is paid for kind of kind of talk about that a little absolutely bit. so anytime that we are purchasing property especially when we're paying cash if you spend all your cash up front um on the lot then what a lot of the lenders will allow you to do is use that as collateral or a collateral portion of mm-hmm. what your requirement is to build on that particular property. Right. So I, when I'm buying properties, I'm looking at the lot sizes and the land and seeing if it's good enough for me to take on a project on. Right. But for most people who are probably going to be listening to this, they're probably going to say, okay, well, I just want to buy for myself. Right. Okay. Well, you kind of have to work opposite. You uh-huh. kind of have to work and have the plans first. Right. So that way, when you see these lots that pop up, you make sure that what you want to build it's will actually fit. fit on that lot. Right. So you're looking at the plans and seeing how big the lot requirement is going to be and at least having an idea of how big that house is and then turning around and trying to find the lot to match what it is that your need is. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. You want to, if you're building it for yourself, right? If we're not talking about investing, you're just building a house because you can't get one under contract because you compete against 50 people. Um, <laughs> We're not mad about that. Right. No, not at all. There's no bitterness (laughs) in my voice whatsoever. Uh, But so you're saying that really first step is get your house designed. Yeah. yeah, At least have a general idea of what what the layout is going to be and the footprint of it is going to be. And so it kind of plays hand in hand with talking with the bank and and as far as financing and figuring out how you're going to pay for this. Right. If you're not paying cash, which most people are not. Right. If you finance that lot or if you do pay cash for the lot, some of it will be able to be used as collateral regardless. Right. right? And so if you know how much you need, you know, or how big the house is going to be square footage wise, the bank is going to require, first of all, a survey. They're going to require an appraisal and they're also going to require a set of plans. Right. Because they want to know what you're building in order to give you a construction loan to build. Right. And so that's why I say if you're building for yourself, you need to have those plans or at least an idea of what those plans are going to be. Yeah. So that way, when the bank says, hey, give me an estimate of what this is going to cost, you can base that estimate off of those particular plans and the lot cost. And then turn around to the bank and saying, hey, we've got these two things plus a survey. Please order an appraisal. If the appraisal is within a certain amount of you know, price point of what your target is, then they will allow you to get a loan on that property. Right. And usually they want 80% of loan to value is what they'll loan out on a construction loan. Now on a, um, do they use, when you talk about that 20% that you have to have in there, Mm -hmm. can they use the equity in the lot? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. A lot. And not every lender offers. Right. Every bank's going to be different. Right. Right. Every bank's going to be different. Because this is all, by the way, again, this is not, I wish you could call me, you know, Mike Mills, uh, mortgage guy and talk to me about getting this, but this is most mortgage banks, your standard, you know, that are doing FHA and VA and conventional loans. They don't do this type of stuff. Correct. Most of them. Correct. Um, There are a few one-offs here and there. So mostly we're talking about private banks with private money and they are making 
private decisions. In other Absolutely. words, they don't have, you can't go in and go, okay, well, here's the rules. And I've got this bark check, yep, this box yep. check, and this box check. Cause they're like, nah, Give me we don't like it. yep. They're yeah. like, no, no, we don't do that here. Cause they get to make that decision. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And uh, ultimately, like we said, it's, some banks have different requirements than other banks. You know, some banks will want you to be able to work with a builder who, which we haven't talked about this, but a builder who has experience building a home right. and have built at least 10 homes right. before they'll allow your plans to be built on this particular lot by this particular person. So your brother-in-law, Bill, who wants to start his uh, building yeah. company, probably yeah. isn't going to get He's probably not the guy who's going to get approved. <laughs> right. <laughs> they want to see a track record. What are they? How do they know that that builder has built 10 homes before. Yeah. Well, typically they're asking the builder, builder to fill out an informational sheet right. and show us proof of sales right. and saying, hey, where did you build? Where did you build? What were the cost estimates? What did those plans look like? What was the finished product? Do you have a website? Yeah. Do you have a business? All that good Are stuff. Are you legit? So they're doing a background check, not only on you as the buyer, but also you as the builder. Right. Um, and so, like I said, it's a lot of moving parts, but it can be done. Mm -hmm. It absolutely can be done. You just have to know the steps and try to, you know, work accordingly. Right. If you're brand new and just trying to figure out how to do this from scratch, it's best to probably go talk to a bank first to right. figure out if they even do this type of lending mm -hmm. and see what their requirements are and try to work backwards that way. Yeah. Do you, are there, um, I, I think you've, you've told me before that like once the, the good thing about doing this now, let's talk about more on the investing side of it is mm -hmm. once you've done this a couple of times yeah. with the same bank, yeah. the process gets easier and easier and easier. Every absolutely. Time, absolutely. Right? So the first time they're looking into your life's financials and right. digging into your background, your business's background and trying to make sure you're um, not as risky as the, you know, as the next person. Right. Um, once you get past that point and you've established a relationship of paying on time and making sure that all your documents are put in uh, on time and through compliance, then they, almost start to open up the playbook for you on how to scale your business up faster. Mm -hmm. They will set, they will look at certain projects and say, Hey, you could save some money if you did this here. Or if mm -hmm. we, if we did these two or these three cluster at a time, then we can probably lower the rate or lower the risk for you. Or, or if you give me a certain amount of contracts up front, I can cover more of the cost for you up front as a lender. So that way you're not spending as much of your own cash out of pocket to do this deal. And so like anything, you establish the relationship, then the guidelines of our relationship start to change. Mm -hmm. um, if you're just trying to do one here, then yeah, they're going to probably lay the strictest guidelines on you possible because they got to make sure that they don't lose money. That the first one goes. Exactly. Right. And it goes smooth and you are who you say you are. You do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. So from the investment standpoint, yes, it does get easier over time when you do more and more with that same relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where people... Um, they don't necessarily understand that. I don't know why. <laughs> well, you know, there's a certain amount of fear and I deal with this a lot too, as a lender where, you know, people have a, they have a real fear of debt, which, yeah. which I, I, I understand. Sure. Like it's, it's a, it's not anything that you shouldn't, you know, you should just kind of treat blase or whatever, but, yeah. but at the same time, when you're talking, you know, I've talked about that when you talk about asset based debt, yeah. when you're talking about a debt that's associated to something that you could turn around and sell yeah. and get out of debt, um, it's a little different in yeah. the, the rules. I call it good debt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the rules are a little different on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like I like useful debt. That's one of that's my. There you go. Um, <laughs> useful is a little bit better. Yeah, it's useful. <laughs> you can do things with it, but so I think that people are so terrified about you know taking on debt and we're well, what can we gonna do? We're gonna owe. We have a two hundred thousand dollar loan yeah. on this thing. How are we gonna get it done? I mean, you know, 
you can sell it. Like if if it doesn't at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. yeah, If it's not working out, you can't afford to cover, then just sell the piece of property. And what's the banks? You know, their risk. They're saying you're saying I'm putting this land up as collateral. They know the land is valuable because they've ordered an appraisal on it. Yeah. And not only have they ordered an appraisal on the land, but when you have the plans that you're trying to build, they'll send that to the appraiser also and say, hey, give me an appraisal on this land based off of this plan being completed right so if you screw up along the way they're just going to take it yeah yeah and they know it's worth they know what it's worth because they've ordered the appraisal right yeah and it's not going anywhere so i mean it's 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 stuck in a spot so they can always get access to it and it's not going to disappear um all right so so at this point you know if you're if you're looking at okay i want to buy some property myself now i want to build something on it you know we talked about what to look for on these on the property itself you know Mm -hmm. looking for access to the roads um access to utilities uh, you know, make sure it's not in a floodplain, sure. you know, all those kind of things to make sure that it fits. Um, on the financing side, um, you know, you can find land relatively cheap depending on where you're looking. Um, you know, obviously, if you want to build a house in the heart of downtown Fort Worth, you know, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get happen. outside the city limits, it's going to be much more available right. and you're going to have a lot more freedom to do that. Right. And it actually, doesn't take as much cash as most people think yeah, yeah. Um, because if you can pay cash for the land itself yeah. then you can leverage the land to get your construction loan and and get other things moving in that direction yeah. um, you still have to have money Absolutely. so there isn't uh i mean i don't know of one have you have you come across a circumstance where someone doesn't need any cash out of pocket to do something like this not necessarily um even the you know the what they <laughs> The people, the gurus and stuff online will always tell you, hey, you know, we can do this no money down deals and yeah. all that stuff. You typically have to partner with somebody who has the money. Gotcha. Yeah. You just <laughs> so get less. Yeah. So yeah. that's the way that you can do it without right. having money yourself personally. But somebody right. still has to have money to get that project moved along. Yeah. Um, ultimately, there are some creative financing ways, but I mean, it's way too complicated for the everyday person. What would you that. say that what would you say? And again, there's no way to quantify it 100 percent because you're just kind of just in your brain of yeah. what you dealt with. But. You know, if someone were to say, okay, I can, I found a piece of land, I've got my plans, yeah. I've talked to a builder, um, I got my piece of land, yeah. and the infrastructure is there, or it's got to be added, a few things to be done, I'm going to get my, done. what would you say, because you're going through headaches, right, you're dealing with all the problems, but mm-hmm. you're coordinating, you're kind of being your own GC, your sure. own general contractor, you know, what's the amount of money someone could save doing it that way versus going and buying a house and, you know, that's already done? Yeah. So ultimately, that's a great question. I can give you, uh, let's just do a hypothetical situation, okay. right? right? From where we are in our area and our location, okay. right? If you are building a home that is, let's just say it's 3,000 square feet in a pretty decent area and it's new construction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. These days, that home is probably going to cost you about 500000 Right. Right. If you did it yourself, if you just depending on what you got the lot at, if the lot was, you know, below a hundred thousand, you probably would end up saving probably like a hundred thousand or close to it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because if you're doing your own GCing and, and, you know, paying the builder directly and all that, a lot of the fluff and the fee from the infrastructure and stuff, Uh you're eating the cost on. So there's not an opportunity for markup or inflation on those costs right you're just paying hard dollars so you can save a lot of money doing it that way now like i said it varies from size sure city jurisdiction lot size plan size all that good stuff but just if we're saying three thousand square feet in the heart of the metropolitan dfw area yeah you probably save close to 100 oh man that's crazy (laughs) 
but it's a lot of work involved. Yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah, time involved. So that's why everybody doesn't do it. Right. Nothing's free. You're spending time. You're spending yeah. money. You're spending something. But, yeah. but, uh, but, well, and I think I really think that most people don't do it because they're terrified of they don't know, right? Yeah. I mean, like the the biggest thing about our industry as a whole, whether yeah. it be real estate or lending or whatever, is that most of what we do um, kind of is is uh, incumbent on there's no information available yeah. to people to do it. Yeah. You know, I do loans every day and I know how to do it and I know what the rules are and I know what you can do and what you can't do. But the average consumer has no idea because he works at Lockheed Martin or he's a teacher or she's a teacher or yeah. whatever, and they don't pay attention to this stuff. So, so it's just the lack of knowledge that keeps people back because they're scared. Because if you don't Absolutely. know, like we talked about, you make mistakes, it's going to cost money. And it's fear and uncertainty. Right. Now, you you got your education on this by doing it, obviously. But Absolutely. I'm sure that's not the only place. So yeah. what are some other resources that you've used along the way to kind of figure some of this stuff out? Honestly, man, it just it, there are a lot of um, classes that you can take that you know people are typically when you have the real estate classes by the real yeah. estate gurus <laughs> yeah. they're trying to sell you something Correct. right yeah. and so they'll offer you a free weekend right and then after the free weekend they'll say if you buy this then we'll give you our mastermind with yep. these group of people and you'll yep. make a whole bunch of money right well there are some really good nuggets in those free weekend classes that you can right. learn and and meet people right i've learned a lot from um meetups and Facebook groups and things of that nature from other people who are doing the same thing or doing similar things in different areas. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these groups and social media groups, which of course you got to vet them, but um, they have a lot of people who are thinking like you and are thinking about doing something that you're doing. So once you can tag along or, or meet and connect with those people, you get some valuable information that way as well. Right. Uh, YouTube. You learn a yeah. lot on YouTube. Yeah. There are a lot of great instructors and, and informational inf education on YouTube. Um, podcasts like this uh -huh. is where I learn a lot of information as well uh -huh. and are able to regurgitate that. But also going to your local like jurisdiction, city council meetings, planning and zoning meetings, which a lot of these meetings are open to the public uh -huh. um, because they want you to know what's going on in, with the city. You learn a lot of the policies and procedures right there. They put a lot of the agenda and stuff right there on paper for everybody right. who attends. It's just yeah. most people don't attend. Yeah, because it's boring. Because it's boring, <laughs> yeah. right? But it's only boring if it's not interesting to your situation for, yeah. in most cases. So yeah. so if it's interesting to you, then, yeah, you're going to be more engaged and, and, and pay attention and learn a lot of those steps. Um, also, you know, a lot of real estate professionals with a license don't know how to do this either. Yeah. Um, and so... I'm a realtor, so I can kind of say, hey, you know, I, I've dealt with a lot of realtors in my personal experiences. These these guys typically don't have a clue how to bring it from horizontal to vertical. Yeah. And so. Well, there's not a lot of people that do. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a very unique thing um, to do. And there's a you know, I told you this before. It's like every guy that I've ever met that was a developer of some kind yeah. or whatever. Making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they never look the same. No. These guys, all some of them will have you know, button downs on, some of them have jeans on, some have overalls on. Mm -hmm. You cannot pick a developer out of a crowd for anything, right? Mm -hmm. But I think for the general public, the reason I said it that way was, or the way I said it was because the general public thinks a real estate professional can do everything, right? They can do land, they can do commercial, they can do, and that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. We specialize in certain, certain areas of real estate. And so, take it easy on your realtor when he doesn't understand and you're asking him 12 questions about how to build the house from scratch and they've never done it before. Yeah. They may have sold them, but they didn't see that process from ground up from even before the land was purchased yeah. to getting it to be, uh, you know, dirt moving. 
Well, it's no different than anything else. I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're a doctor, right, and yeah. you're you know you don't do everything. You're not a brain surgeon exactly. and an orthopedist and a heart exactly. surgeon. Like you, you have things that you're good at, yeah. and you know you really do. I think you want to go to those people that are specialized in those sure. things, and and that's what they do sure. because you're going to get the most knowledge from them. And I think I think that's a key thing too that um that a lot of people miss when it comes to anything like this yeah. is that whenever you're going through this process you know, it's always best practices to learn about it as much as you can. Sure. It doesn't mean that's because you're going to do it again or you're going to duplicate it or what, whatever. It does, that, that's not the point. The point is, is that when you know, when you understand the information that's coming at you and someone is teaching you as they're selling, because look, if someone's going to buy your property for you and they're a wholesaler, you know, and they're going to find something for you, well, ask them a question. Like, hey, how'd you find this one? Where did, what do you usually Absolutely. do? Like, just get a little bit of information. Exactly. It's it's education. Education, you'd be surprised what your brain can handle when you actually challenge it every single day. Right. And that's one thing that real estate does do to you. It challenges you different. every single day because things are different. The processes are different. So if you can get that education and ask those questions, even if it's not useful to you at that time, when it comes around at a later date, and you may not remember every portion of it, but that little antenna goes off, ding, yeah. ding, ding. Hey, I've heard this before. Right. You know, now you're more in tune as to this is important and I need to pay attention as opposed to it's just another, you know, another item on this piece of paper. I don't know. Well, it's the it. it's the opportunity, right? The yeah. whole the whole all things in life, especially when it comes to investing, especially is um, is about opportunity. Sure. And what's the uh, the um, there's an adage about luck where they say, you know, luck is the is the cross section or the confluence of preparation and opportunity mm -hmm. right so if you don't know what you're looking for yeah. and you don't know what's available yeah. then when an opportunity does present itself you'll never be you aware it. of it i mean you missed it but you yeah. didn't even know you missed it yeah. because it was there and then it disappeared and you, you had no idea absolutely because you didn't have at least a little bit of a base on what to do with it and absolutely and where to get your stuff from so um well, I really appreciate you doing this with me today. Sure. Um, you're helping me because I'm learning as we go through <laughs> all this too because this is something I'm very interested in. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do another one um, coming up in a couple of weeks where we'll talk about the actual construction side of things sure. and how to kind of move that piece forward because that's another thing that you do. It's, yeah. Conrad's jack of all trades. <laughs> He's got everything under the sun. So We try, man. Yes. We stay busy. Um, so Have a uh, short attention span. That's so. right. I'll, I'll give everybody uh, when we do this, I'll give them – well. I don't know. Do you want me to put your number on there? <laughs> I mean, people find it on billboards. That's and right. That's so right. It's like, put it out there. Yeah. Yes. My cell phone numbers, social medias, all that good stuff. I'm really yeah. only on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I have a Twitter, but I mean, yeah. I just never use it. Well, that's because we're not important enough to be on Twitter. But that's, that's, we're not there yet. You have to be, uh, you have to be really, yeah. you look at funny, look at Twitter stuff. And I'll, uh, every once in a while, I'll go through and send, somebody that I know, I can't think of somebody off the top of my head, like, you know, like, a, I don't know, an actor or a yeah. politician. And you'll look at they'll tweet something yeah. and you're like, I wonder how many people it's like 37 likes. And you're like, oh, okay, well, they they suffer from the rest of it just yeah. like we do, because nobody gives a shit. They just scroll yeah. through. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, we'll come back, we'll do some more on this um and um kind of go through the construction side of it a little yeah. bit. But I want to talk about the land because there's a lot involved with that. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully if you're out there and you're looking to try to pick up a piece of property, just take this little podcast and put it on like one and a half speed. Yeah. And you can hear us talk really fast. But yeah. you'll, you'll take it all faster. in. It yeah. won't take as much time. It's a little <laughs> podcast trick. I don't know if you do that. I do that. Yeah. I do that. Speed those suckers up because my brain's going, I, this is yeah, too, too much slow. ums Let's and go. whatever. Let's go. Let's go.
So um, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming by. Anything else you want to tell everybody before we roll out? Man, just uh, like I said, due diligence, due diligence, due diligence. Do your education. Do your research. If you don't know, don't just jump out there. Please ask somebody who's at least done it once or twice before. So that way you don't make a costly financial mistake trying to jump out there and do it on your own. Cool. All right. Well, good luck to everybody. Find some land and uh, let us know how it goes. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.